And we have a podcast league. Welcome, everybody. It's Wednesday, March 28th. We're talking about last night's draft. We've got a lot of news from around baseball. Yankees rotation, Rays rotation, Cleveland third base, and much more to talk about. We'll review some deeper league second basemen. And we are asking for your help to contribute to the podcast editorially. A big moment for you, the listener. More on that in a second. Adam Azer, Nando DeFino, Al Melky are here. Send us an email, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. Put podcast in the subject line. Okay, Nando, it was your inaugural, well, it was your first year in the podcast league, your first draft in, the, in our now three-year-old league. Yeah. And you had the first pick overall. And not only did you pick Miguel Cabrera pretty quickly, but you were actually like the fastest drafter. <laughs> I mean, you knew exactly what you wanted to do. You had those swing picks. It was like bang, bang. And you just you, you you nailed it. It's all about the queue, man. You just drag yeah. those players down a little queue window, and I knew exactly who I wanted. You know, I've I'm on overload with these drafts, so I could yeah. probably just you know walk in without a list and That's start picking true. guys by by like the probably the second or by like the third one. You're probably just like yeah, I can. I'm shouting names out in my sleep at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and now, how do you how uh, how'd you rate your draft? I think you had a great draft. I loved your team. I wish I loved my team as much as you do. And looking at it this morning, I like it a little better than I did last night. But there were just certain picks that. I held my nose and I wasn't really happy about. Um, I knew that they were probably the best options at the time, but I didn't like it that I'm talking about first base shortstop and starting pitching specifically. And I don't like the fact that I managed my draft in such a way that I, I had to take guys. I wasn't really excited about but I think my, my, my team's it's salvageable. A lot of people I mean, liked yeah. it in the office this morning. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you got Braun and Granderson. You know, I, you've got great outfielders I, and Ethier. That's the thing I really do like about it. I like it that I got three outfielders really quickly, thin outfield pool. That's something I've tried to do yeah. uh, in my drafts this year and uh, did it almost reflexively because I think I've pursued that strategy so many times. So that was the one thing I was really happy about. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into our teams, but. First, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball. Follow us on Twitter at Nando CBS, N-A-N-D-O, <clears throat> CBS. Uh, you don't have to put the ahem in there. <laughs> at Al Melk, CBS, Al M-E-L-C. At Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, at CBS Scott White, and at CBS Fantasy BB. Okay, here's the deal, people. I need your help. We are going to be going from the Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday format to the Monday through Friday format. Last year, Sunday was a start-sit show that people were able to listen to on Sunday night or Monday morning. So we're going to be recording on Monday afternoon. I know this is a little different, or Monday morning actually, a little different than uh, what you'd see at a lot of companies, but I'm asking for help here. Send us an email and let us know. If we get an email, if we get a podcast out to you at about 11.30 Eastern on Monday, are you going to listen to it Monday? Are you going to listen to it on Tuesday morning? And therefore, should we include any lineup suggestions for you um, for weekly leagues, or would that be a waste of time? Additionally, we'd love to know what you think uh, about the show and what you'd like to hear on the show. If you've got any ideas, uh, anything that you think uh, would make our podcast better, please fire away. Send us an email, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com, and put podcast suggestions in the subject line, podcast subject suggestions. You can throw a question in there as well, and we'll try to read them on the air. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it could really um, make our show a lot better, and we'd appreciate the feedback. Now then, on to the podcast league. All right. Nando, let's look at your team. Sure. J.P. Aaron Sibia. This, is, again, is a 12-team head-to-head points league with one catcher, three outfielders, utility, and then first base, second base, third base, shortstop, and uh, five starters, two relievers. 
Aaron Sibia, Miguel Cabrera, Jamayo Weeks, Mike Avilas, uh, Jose Reyes. Avilas, of course, won the shortstop job yesterday. He's your third baseman, though. Jose Reyes at short. Carl Crawford, Giancarlo Stanton, and Delman Young in the outfield. Freddie Freeman, utility. With Drew Stubbs, Colby Rasmus, Jason Kipnis on your bench. Clay Buckholtz, Hugh Darvish, Ubaldo Jimenez, John Lester, Steven Strasburg, Craig Kimbrell, and Chris Perez are your pitchers. Eric Bedard and Mark Burley on your bench. What do you like about your team, and then what do you dislike about your team? I love it, man. I love the whole thing. I mean, <laughs> okay. uh, I guess I could have, uh, I don't know, I just took Kipnis there because uh, I felt like it. Yeah, well, was he a late was there. Pick. I'm like, all right, I'll t- yeah, and you know, Aaron Sibby, I think, was my very last pick just to fill the catcher spot. Um, the, the closer, there's a strange league. I mean, pitchers, <laughs> pitchers did not go until late, and yes. I was not expecting that because I usually, I like to go for big bats early, and then, you know, I'll get the Darvish, Buckholtz, Lester, Strasburg kind of combination late, and usually I've been able to gamble on uh, Jimenez, too, where I like him, other people don't. But because the pitchers were going so late, you know, it stymied me a little bit. So, uh, you know, I kind of just went with the flow. I took the pitchers when I felt like it. You know, I got my closers kind of earlier than everyone else. I'm happy. Yeah, you did try to start the closer run. I did. I actually <laughs> said that in the chat room, too. Did not work at all. You took Craig Kimbrell, the first closer off the board. Um, looking at the results here, do you remember what round you took him in by any chance? I was maybe like the seventh That was the, the first pick of the seventh round. All right. Uh, it didn't exactly start the closer run. but uh, <laughs> It did not even come close <laughs> it, to it was the a, closer run. It was a weird draft. I guess not too weird if you listen to the podcast, though, because people just waited on pitching. Our first pitcher didn't go until the eighth pick of round two. Um, so it was just people went heavy on hitters. Outfielders went early. I mean, looking at the, I was comparing the outfielders when they were drafted in this league to the average draft position, and it wasn't uncommon to see a guy go 40 spots higher than his ADP, um, you know, so, somewhere around there. Al, how about your team? Matt Weeders, Gabby Sanchez, you mentioned you don't like first base, shortstop, um, and where else? And third base? And, uh, no, starting pitching. And starting pitching. All right, Matt Weeders, Gabby Sanchez is your first baseman, Ben Zobrist, Kevin Euclid, Derek Jeter. Ryan Braun, Andre Ethier, Curtis Granderson, Nick Marcakis with Nolan Arenado, Yunel Escobar, and Austin Jackson on your bench. You've got Johnny Cueto, Ryan Dempster, Giovanni Gallardo, David Price, uh, Wandy Rodriguez, Heath Bell, and Drew Storen with Henderson Alvarez and Daniel Bard on your bench. What do you like and dislike about your team? All right. Well, I'll start with what I like. And I mentioned I like, I like my outfield. Love my outfield, actually. Um, and, you know, I've been talking about um, Ethier as a kind of a sleeper, a guy who I feel like is being drafted uh, way below where his value is. So to get him as my number three outfielder, I was very, very happy with that. And then to get Marcakis as a utility guy, my target for utility was Ike Davis. But uh, when Marcakis was still on the board, when I was ready to draft utility, uh, I felt like that was an upgrade. So I like that group there. Also, I was pretty happy to get Weeders uh, when I did a catcher. Uh, I don't recall. I was say maybe ninth round. I'll check for you. Um, but I felt like that was pretty good value. Uh, I felt like catchers were going pretty late. Um, and then to get Bell and Storen as my relief tandem, I also thought, and getting them both really late. Um, so I, it surprised me a little bit, and I think I benefited from uh, people being afraid of Storen's uh, injury. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just haven't read anything that's really alarmed me that much. I think the Nationals are being more cautious than anything. So I feel like I got two, two stud closers. Uh, and then if Bard makes the rotation, which now it looks like uh, there's a good chance he will, that gives me a, a good uh, starter to slot in there uh, on certain weeks. So that's all stuff that I, I like about my team. You took Weeders in the eighth round. Okay. I still think that's pretty yeah, good Yeah, and Storin fell so late in yeah. this one. And 
Chase Utley didn't even get drafted. Well, he got drafted, but then dropped. He was drafted immediately after the draft. Oh, and, and he was drafted and then dropped. Yeah. What's it's up with essentially that? the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So might, he's might available. Well. That was that, really strange. Yeah. Considering we have DL slots, uh, who got it, a, who put a claim in for him? I, I believe, put a claim uh, in, yeah. but I'm not. But there's <laughs> no way I'm going to announce get him. it to the entire league right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why I, I didn't draft him originally. I should have, but now now that it's now I put in a claim for him. There's no way I'm going to get him. But whatever. yeah. But, you know, I mentioned I'm not really crazy about, uh, you know, Sanchez is my first baseman, uh, but the first baseman all went really quick. Yeah. Um, Jeter is my shortstop. Really not happy with that, although I felt like I had to put my money where my mouth is because I've been saying that, you know, as a fallback guy, he's going to give you run production. He's going to give you batting average. And uh, so I'm willing to, to give that a shot. And I've got Yunel Escobar as my insurance uh, at that position. And then my, my pitching, I like Price and Gallardo is my one-two, but yeah, Cueto, Wandy, and, and Dempster to finish up, I felt like was a little a little weak. Uh, all right, my team. I, I think my team <laughs> has the potential to be. Re- my team is is the hit or miss team. Uh, <laughs> it is so so many potential busts here, um, and and health is so important. So Carlos Santana is my catcher. Adam Dunn. Well, Mike Morse is my first baseman right now. I've done slotted there, but Michael Morse. Ricky Weeks, David Wright, Starlin Castro, Jose Bautista, Adam Jones, Cameron Maben. I also I have Corey Hart, um, but a lot of my guys are injured, so I would probably put Hart in over Maben. Um, so Hart, uh, Kane, and Dunn would comprise my bench, and Trumbo is my utility. Pitchers are Clayton Kershaw, Jared Weaver, Irvin Santana, Phil Hughes, and Mike Leake, with Edinson Volquez in the mix. Um, Jonathan Papelbon is my closer. And my other RP guy is Neftali Feliz. And I, I had to take Drew Pomerantz. After the rant I went on yesterday <laughs> about Pomerantz, I had to take him. We all took guys that we loved, you know? Mm-hmm. I took Pomerantz, and I figured out Michael Morse is a guy I love. I have him in all three of my leagues. Uh, Nando, you took Eric Bedard. Yeah. Al, you took Henderson Alvarez. Scott got Lucas Duda. Um, so we all stayed true to what we, what we said. You must have been pretty psyched to get Bedard late. Well, I was. I mean, I've kind of just, you know, I've made him my guy, so I got to stand behind him. I thought someone would have picked him up. He's the number one starter for Pittsburgh, and he has wonderful numbers when he's healthy. Absolutely, but that when, he's, when he's healthy. And I actually want to ask you a question. Turn the tables here. Yeah, please. Halfway through the draft, I brought up this idea of are we playing in a gentleman's league? Oh you yeah, have the relief pitcher <laughs> slots, right. which you know I like to play. The relief pitcher slots are for relief pitchers. You and uh, and Scott very very blatantly took guys who were starting. Yeah, you, with relief I, I pitcher said, eligibility. Hell no, we're not playing in a gentleman's league. In a league where you get three points per innings pitched, that's a very sneaky, valuable strategy. And I don't know where oh, I fall absolutely. Yeah, ethically a, on that. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, bad, it's, bad it's ethics. With, within the rules? It's within the rules, but it's bad fantasy ethics. Oh, you're, you the en- so? you're the Enron of... Uh, you think well, so? I think actually they broke rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, why not just make it nine starting pitchers then, or just nine Ps? That's just the way our, our league shape up. I mean, the commissioner can do whatever he wants with that slot, but we have we well, have some some starting pitchers who are RP eligible. And, I'm not and yelling it just, at you, man. I'm not making you feel bad. No, no, no. I, I, mean, I, I, feel, is, like, I feel like it's a, it's a strategy that has some risk. I mean, I don't think it's absolutely. just a, just I a, a ripoff. Um, I don't love Feliz. I mean, that's the thing. I, I wouldn't have taken him, taken him as a starter there. The only reason I took him where I took him, uh, I'll try to look up what round it was, was because he's RP eligible. I mean, just as an example here, J.J. Putz went really, really late. Um, I don't know, remember what round, but I think he was, he was definitely still on the board when I took Bell, and, and I think he was on the board when I took um, Storin. 
and I got Storen really late. So you're, you, let's say you take a Feliz. 12th. 12th round. Okay, so let's, but just for example, let's say you uh, take a Feliz when you've got a, a puts, uh, JJ puts on the board. You're passing up some incredible whip numbers and ERA, um, you know, for those innings and, and strikeouts. And it may not work out for you. I know, I know, sure I know. Right. My team's a big <laughs> boomer bust seven team. innings, though. You got 21 points right there, right off the bat. Well, if, if, if he goes, but he'll get yeah, seven seven his, his base. His yeah. base. I yeah. know, I know. No. I know. I, hey, look, I, I just want to make this very clear. Adam is a very morally sound man. <laughs> yeah, you don't know that and yet. This is a, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but this is a very gray area with this relief pitcher thing. I've played in leagues like the last five years, and people have blown up on message boards. And, you know, talking about shit. The next year, the rules are changed immediately. Friendships are shattered, stuff like that. Because people put a Matt Moore in a relief pitcher spot. Well, I still consider you my friend. It's in the rules. Hey, it's a good strategy. <laughs> Thank you. The feeling is mutual. Thanks. That's Even though you're not know. wearing a tie today. No, not till next week. Tie comes back next week. Uh, all right. So, anything else on the podcast league? Uh, did anything stand out to you? Hanley Ramirez went in round one. I'll read round one um, just for our listeners. Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, Jose Bautista, Matt Kemp, Tulowitzki, Ryan Braun. Jacoby Ellsbury, Robinson Cano, and when, when Scott gets back on the show, we've got to ask him why he didn't take Votto ninth. He took Pedroia instead. Votto went 10. Hanley Ramirez went 11. Adrian Gonzalez went 12. The only thing that stands out to me is I think that's too early for Hanley. Al, what do you think about the round one? Um, yeah, same, same thing. I mean, the top six went pretty much exactly as I figured when I came up at six and it was going to be Tula or Braun and it was Braun. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty predictable. And yeah, I mean, Hanley is went a lot earlier than we've been recommending and then, than we've seen in mock drafts, but I don't think it's a bad move. Okay. Um, and you know, there's a lot of positive spin, uh, on him coming out of spring training with him hitting the ball better. And, uh, you know, that could be a, a, a pick at number 11 that, that pays off big. All right, Nando, uh, round one thoughts? Um, you know, Scott kind of telegraphed that Pedroia thing in Monday's podcast. Do you remember we were going over that? Yesterday, we, I said, who would you take seventh? Because the six picks in, a, in, a, in the first round are pretty set in stone. The order's different, but whatever. It's the same six guys. And he said he would take Votto. And then Votto falls to him at number nine, <laughs> and he goes with Pedroia. And it took him forever to draft, too. He, he thought about it for the entire 90 seconds. Yeah, you're uh, right. One minute, 28 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two seconds wow. to spare. And I was, I was 10 seconds and 14 seconds. I wonder if I did my entire draft in the time it took Scott White to you pick the first player. You might have. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, that was it. That's what he, he said on Monday. Remember we were talking about the Pedroia-Cano flip-flop yeah. in, that, in that one draft, and uh, it was backwards in this one. But still, he was, he was defending Pedroia when I, uh, when I said I thought Cano should go ahead of him. Well, right. Cano did go ahead of him, and then you, you say, oh, I wonder why Cano went ahead of him. And then you look at the team name of the guy who took Robinson Cano. <laughs> go Yanks! It's not just go Yanks. It's go Yanks! Exclamation, exclamation. point. <laughs> All right, everybody. Let's move on to the notes from around baseball. Miguel Cabrera cleared to return to playing today. We're going to talk about the A's Mariners game, 11 innings in that one in just a little bit. Matt Latos, day-to-day with a strained left calf. Al, are you concerned for the Reds' starting pitcher? Not too much. Um, Again, I I know I've said this a zillion times on this podcast, but I always think of Jimmy Rollins saying, calves are tricky cats. Exactly. So maybe just a a little bit of concern, but... um, you know, I, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't panic, and I probably wouldn't even downgrade him in, in a draft at this point. But I would watch what's going on there. Okay, to the AL East rotations. The New York Daily News says Phil Hughes is probably going to be a starter for the Yankees. So Nando, it looks like Pineda, Nova, Garcia for two spots, and uh, Pettit looming. First of all, your thoughts on Hughes now that 
this report comes out that he's probably going to be a starter. I mean, look, two years ago he had a, he had a brilliant season. Last year he just kind of fell apart. So, I, you know, he's one of those guys I don't want to touch. But if he falls to me kind of late and he looks like a bargain, I'll go for him just based on what he did a couple of years ago and his, his Yankee pedigree. Um, I think Pineda is going to lock up the next one. And Nova and Garcia and Pettit are just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's I don't even know. Yeah, I, 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 hope, here, man. I hope you're right about that because to me, Pettit, or Pettit, uh, Pineda is the, the class of that group. Yeah. Um, if, if he's the odd guy out, that's to me going to be a perplexing move and a frustrating one because I would have drafted him for uh, what he did last season. I took Phil Hughes in the 16th round last night. Al, how's that sound to you? Too late, too early, out of 21 rounds? Um, no, I think that's good. You could probably wait a couple extra rounds on him, but I don't think that's too early. Oh, yeah, it's always, you know, you're like, yeah, I might be able to wait on this guy, but then if you like him and you don't get him the next time around, you're going to be so mad at yourself. Yeah. Yeah, with Ryan Howard last And it's time. not like some of the guys that I drafted, you know, like a Wandy Rodriguez where, you know, you miss out on him. You know, you can get somebody sort of comparable. I mean, Hughes has the, the upside that you don't, find with a lot of guys in the 17th round yeah and that's why i had to take pomerantz i think in the i took hughes in the 16th round i think i took pomerantz in the 18th round i didn't know when he would go but i was like i have to get him um all right back to the notes jeff neiman is going to start the season in the Rays rotation neiman or hughes al uh yeah hughes hughes upside issue Uh, both guys have some upside but uh yeah, uh, Hughes a little bit of, a, of an edge there. Both guys also, by the way, are a little bit of a, of a health risk uh, based on their history the last couple of years. Neiman or Drew Pomerantz, Nando? Uh, this isn't just me kissing up, but uh, Neiman doesn't excite me, man. He's like a 4.15, 1.30 guy that he's proven it over three years. So I don't know how much upside. I hate uh, to disagree with Al. I'm just not sure how much upside break, we're going to see out of him. But break it down, and I know this is getting nitpicky, but you know, break it down around the times when he was truly healthy, and his numbers are a lot better. That's that's true. But that's why I say he's a health risk because you can't guarantee he's going to be that way for six months. Look, you're talking to Eric Bedard's number one fan here, so <laughs> I'm very familiar with that. But the Pomeranz, the strikeout upside, I, you know me. I just I like fireworks, and that's you know to me he's fireworks, and Neiman really isn't. Well, I don't know where you stand on that, Pomeranz or Neiman. Uh, you know, if I'm drafting, prob- probably Neiman. I really do like him. And whereas Pomeranz, I mean, the upside is so much higher. And if it's a keeper league, maybe the- my calculus is a little bit different. But for a single-season league, uh, I just think that Neiman gives me a better shot for productivity this this year. Okay, Lonnie Chisinau will start the season in the minors. That means Jack Hanahan has won the Indians' third base job. Shelly Duncan is, quote, closing in on Cleveland's left field position. Um, Duncan or Lorenzo Cain, Nando? You know, I, I like Shelly Duncan a lot. I, I actually I wrote that. that. I wrote that Shelly Duncan yep. update in the system. I was very proud that it made the, uh, the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, oh, man, I, I'm torn on this one because I don't know what Duncan's playing time situation is going to be when Grady Sizemore comes back. If, if Brantley's exceptionally wonderful, you know, maybe move him over and platoon Duncan and all that. But I just love Duncan. Right now, I think I'd take the chance on Duncan over Kane, maybe. Because I can get Duncan a lot later, I think, in drafts. That's okay. with that. Not in a vacuum, I think right. I'd take Kane. But if we're talking about still people drafting, I think I'd, I'd wait and grab Shelly Duncan. And now, Mike Avila's starting shortstop for the Red Sox is Jose Iglesias' option to the minors. Um, all right. Well, first of all, you took Avila's, right? Or is that you? I took Avila's. Oh, was you, Nando. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so you took him. He's your starting third baseman. Yes. So, you know, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'm proud. And what do you like about uh, Avilas? I, he's, the Red Sox do this with these random kind of castaway players. They turn them into superstars. So 
I'm just expecting them to do it with Avilas. He looked great. Uh, he looked great last year when he played with him. Mark Bellhorn, circa 2012. That's right? exactly <laughs> that was the exact player I was thinking of. Was Mark Bellhorn. But you know, the similarity of part is go, is that you know a guy who you know was this you know sort of utility type for a long time, but put up numbers that you thought if you get 500, 550 at bats from those those stats, you got something. Um, I'm still you know I think uh, on yesterday's podcast I said something about how Avila still is in this sort of no man's land. I don't I haven't really changed. My uh, opinion on that, even with him being named the starter, because I still think Iglesias could be a midseason call-up. You know what I don't like about Avilas? Not good news for the Red Sox pitchers. I don't know how much it affects them, but Iglesias is this like gold-glove caliber yeah. shortstop prospect, uh, and Avilas is not. So does that change anything for you when you're looking at these Red Sox pitchers? No, I think... Uh I don't know. I can't look at a shortstop and say, don't get Clay Buckholz. You know, draft Clay Buckholz a couple rounds later. I... Uh, just take it. I'll take it. He's a serviceable major leaguer. I don't know okay. how many how many runs he's going to give up if he makes a couple of Hey, if he makes an error or two, it's an unearned run, so who cares, right? <laughs> That's true. But, I mean, maybe some balls he might not be able to. Yeah, right, right. Range, 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 is, yeah. range is an issue, and like a situation like in Detroit where you know Jim Leland is concerned enough that he's saying, I'm going to DH Miggy when I got my ground ball guys like Porcello going. Uh, I, would, I worry about Porcello's value if, if the Tigers don't make a move like that. But, again, Porcello's really a fringe guy in this kind of format. In fact, he really doesn't belong in this shallow of a league. Um, but you know when you're talking about, yeah, Clay Buckholz, and you're talking about Avilas isn't a terrible defensive shortstop. At least he hasn't been. He's just not on Iglesias' level. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I don't worry. All right, the Rockies released Casey Blake, Al. So what's the update on the third base situation there? Yeah, nothing too exciting, really. Uh, Chris Nelson probably getting the bulk of the starts uh, for the Rockies with um, Jordan Pacheco also getting some time there. So it's going to be just enough of a timeshare situation that neither guy, who's really that enticing to start with, is really going to look that great in fantasy. I think even in NL only, again, the timeshare is really going to curtail their value. And Arenado could be up very easily uh, as soon as June. So, um, you know, neither of those options in Colorado or, or anybody really worth pursuing. Should we point out here, full disclosure, let's take a look at Al's bench right now and his team no that he drafted Arenado. last night. <laughs> yeah. he likes I'm, I'm a little Arenado. high on Arenado, yeah. <laughs> Go back to that prospect show we did last week, and the one guy that he was uh, the highest on was Nolan Arenado. So, yeah, consistency. Yeah, That's you like that. Here. You like that from your podcast. <laughs> All right, you got to check the website. We got a lot of injuries. Nothing too serious. Adam Lind, tightness in his lower back. Curtis Granderson has a sore elbow. Nick Swisher may not be ready for opening day, although Joe Girardi thinks he will be. Michael Morse is banged up. David Wright, um, basically everybody on my fantasy team. <laughs> BJ Upton, many, many more. A's Mariners, 13 innings, 3 to 1. Uh, Mariners win. You know, it was really nice to come in this morning and watch that game, put on the TV and watch a little baseball. Um, I did see Brandon Lee get the save. It wasn't. The cleanest save. He almost had his head taken off by a comebacker, but he got it. Tom Wilhelmson, Wilhelmson gets the win. And he had an interesting week, Al, didn't he? He did, yeah. Well, we were just talking about this. That, uh, I think it was the Seattle Times. Somebody tweeted out that um, he attended the Hanshin Tigers uh, A's exhibition game on Monday, and Wilhelmson got all decked out in Hanshin Tigers gear, <laughs> rooted for Hanshin uh, against the A's uh, you know, a couple days before uh, he was going to beat them so yes. uh, i thought that was pretty funny firing up the rivalry there <laughs> felix hernandez struck out six and in eight innings i mean if this is not the good and the bad of having felix hernandez on your team so he appeared to be brilliant eight innings one run one hit but now i know he doesn't get the win because his team can't score any runs that's, got a no decision that's not news about felix hernandez you know <laughs> the guy who won the cy young with what 13 wins that's 
Right. Expect more of the same. Yep. Uh, but Brandon McCarthy threw seven innings, allowed one run on six hits, three strikeouts. He's available in 18% of leagues, Al. What do you think of this uh, opening day start for McCarthy? Uh, encouraging. Encouraging. And the one thing I worry a little bit about McCarthy is when he leaves those nice, cozy, or actually not so cozy confines of Oakland. Uh, again, he's a ground ball guy, so that's not a big concern. But, you know, pitching in a, in a little dome stadium there and really uh, shutting down the Mariners, who he pretty much owned last season, uh, is, is a good thing to see. Dustin Ackley homered, singled, scored twice, drove in two, and he stole a base. Ichiro had four singles and an RBI. I propose that he should play all his home games in Japan. I think he will have a huge year. And Yoenis Cespedes doubled, and he batted seventh in the order. Who stood out to you in this game, Nando? Um, I think Ackley. I mean, you're not going to see a lot of homers from him, I think, because Safeco might sap a lot of that power. But, uh, you know, for, for a debut, start of the season, stealing a base, hitting a home run, he basically showed you know, what he's capable of. I don't, I don't think he's going to go more than 20, 25 homers on the year. Tops. That's a very optimistic outlook, but yeah. you're going to get some steals. You're going to get some good average. So, uh, Yeah, Ackley, uh, absolutely, uh, you know, uh, coming out big with a 400-foot uh, home run to center. Um, and, yeah, both pitchers look terrific. I don't know, nothing really all that surprising. Just a typical day at the ballpark yeah. in Japan. <laughs> at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh, talk about some, some deeper league second baseman as we continue to look at five at each position. I think yesterday we did third baseman. Five second baseman we haven't spoken too much about lately. Uh, we spoke about this guy enough last year, but here we go. Toronto's Kelly Johnson. Al, you get the first word. What do you think about him? Uh, well, I, I kind of like him, and I feel like the few times we have talked about him, we've talked about him in the context of me really liking him when you're down to your end game and you still need a second baseman or a middle infielder because the thing is you know you're going to get power from Kelly Johnson. The batting average is all over the place. He's inconsistent month to month and year to year with that. But, um, you know, you know you're going to get power at a position where that late in the game, it's not that easy to find. So, um, you know, he is who he is. Good late round uh, fallback option. Yeah, the five we're going to talk about actually are being drafted in this order. Toronto's Kelly Johnson, Daniel Murphy of the Mets, Cleveland's Jason Kipnis, Arizona's Aaron Hill, and Detroit's Ryan Rayburn. Your thoughts on Daniel Murphy, Nando? I think now that I know this is the order, I, I'm I'm a little befuddled on this one. I mean, Murphy's you know he's decent average. He's a little bit of power, a little bit of little speed, but he's nothing. He's kind of like a Lyle Overbayish kind of thing for me, especially because he's got first base eligibility. But if you put him at second base, which is a relatively shallow position, I don't think I'd expect a breakout season with a lot of home runs like a you know like a Brian Roberts out of nowhere, Aaron Hill out of nowhere power explosion. But so who would you take? Be, that's going behind him. Who would you take ahead of Murphy? Who who do you like better, Kipnis Hill, Rayburn? I like Kipnis other? and Hill better than him. Okay, I like you know I, I like their potential, um, you know more than Murphy's kind of uh, reliability, which means he's he's perfectly serviceable as a second baseman. But mm-hmm. you know he's reliable. You know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, I really like Murphy in head-to-head because you're right, Nando, you're not going to get a big home run explosion from him even with the uh, fences coming in at City Field. But he had, I think, 38 doubles two seasons ago, and I think that even wasn't even in a full season. Uh, so that's something that could really be nice uh, in, in your head-to-head league. Uh, but, yeah, I'd slot him after the guys that you did, Nando, uh, after Hill, and I think you said Johnson too, right? Uh, yeah, well, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, obviously Kipnis Johnson's already Hill. above him. Right. I put Kipnis and Hill ahead of him. Yeah, I think I would too. You, did you take Kipnis yesterday? He was my one of my reserves. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I'm not just saying this because he's on my team. I'm, I'm you know, I, I no, do think No, you genuinely I genuinely like believe <laughs> Jason Kipnis. Uh Ryan Rayburn. Al, what are your thoughts on Rayburn? 
Uh, well, you know, sort of being a broken record here, and really all these guys have some power potential, um, but Rayburn, you know, un- unlike, let's say, Murphy, really does have some home run potential. You know, good lower, lower end uh, guy at second base, so sort of, I guess, poor man's Kelly Johnson, you might say. Would you take any of these guys, or how many of these guys would you take over Chase Utley? Honestly, probably all of them. <laughs> And, 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 and you know, and again, it's not you know, it's sort of like you know, not you talk about like things in a vacuum. I mean, Utley could you know very easily wind up wind up outperforming all these guys, but I just don't really want to take the risk. And uh, you know, I'd rather just move on and get somebody, in, and I know what they're going to do. This is kind of like the list of guys. If you have Utley and you have him DL'd, mm-hmm. who who you took, you know, just just, just to hold on to second base for a while until until Utley comes back. This looks like the kind of players who are available. After you know you take that gamble on Utley, and these are the these are the five you know potential very good replacements for him. Yeah. If you just need kind of like a holdover in some of the shallower leagues, I just couldn't believe Utley didn't get drafted or got drafted and dropped last night. Is that why he's on waivers until Friday? Why would you drop today? him instead? Oh, because he's not on the DL yet, right? Yes, I'm sure that's why. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you got to you got to stick him on your reserve list until right. Which he's officially... you know, if I had drafted him, I think I would have done that, but. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised because I was there, you know, looking at the, yeah. you know, at the pool that was available and saying, well, I could take Utley. It's really good value at this point and thought, nah. Yeah, it was, <laughs> well, it's a, you know, a fairly shallow league. Yeah. And everybody I took late, I made a case for in my mind, you know, that this guy's got upside. This guy could could become, you know, like Lorenzo Cain was one of my last picks. He's had such a great spring. He's going to be maybe you know, pretty much an everyday outfielder. Do I want him or do I want Utley? And I took him. Who are you dropping for? I'm going to drop Lorenzo Cain. (laughs) And the reason why I'm going to do that is because I think I'm deeper in the outfield than I am at second base. I didn't really consider my roster when I made the pick. Um, But I don't love it. I'm I'm thinking about withdrawing the waiver claim. (laughs) You really are torn, I am torn. This is strange. This Japan game is screwed with your head. Uh, Chase Utley. He's driving me crazy right now. Anyway, we can move on to uh, just some emails and uh, Matt in Michigan had his draft last night, drafted Nelson Cruz in the 10th round of a 10-team head-to-head points league. Did I reach for Cruz, or was it worthwhile? My other outfielders and utility hitters are Michael Bourne, Carlos Gonzalez, Lucas Duda, Kendry Morales, and Ike Davis. I don't think that's a reach at all. Um, and I'm just looking in case of the other outfielders, Bourne, Cargo, Duda. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a strong outfield. And you just build in the fact, just like, you know, with Jose Reyes or, you know, any number of other players, you build in the fact that you're probably not going to have him for 30 games or so, but he's still going to give you great production when he does play. All right. Michael Testa in St. Charles, Missouri, gave us his team in a 12-team Roto League that uses just one catcher, three outfielders, two utility spots, uh, eight pitchers instead of nine. Anyway, his hitters... Are Yadier Molina, Ike Davis, Robinson Cano, Aramis Ramirez, Starlin Castro, Carlos Gonzalez, Jay Bruce, Jason Worth, Nick Swisher, Lucas Duda, Rafael Forcal. Uh, he says he's worried that his team may have the lowest steals total in Roto history, <laughs> trying to decide whether to punt steals altogether or try to do a trade like Bruce, Bruce for Bourne or Swisher for Crisp, something like that. What are your thoughts? You know, I don't think he has a terrible steal. You know, Castro gets some. Cargo gets you some worth, can get you thirty. And for, you got for Call, who I know he's slowed down a bit, but I mean, he, he just—it looks like he has a team of a lot of guys chipping in. I mean, Swisher get him like six or seven or eight. Uh, you know, the first few guys obviously will get zero, but yeah, maybe like Davis one or two. It's not—it's not a terrible. <laughs> he doesn't need to trade for a Borner or a Crisp. And he, I mean, in, in Roto, the beauty of Roto is 
if you're going into September and you need 30 steals to, to you know, leap up a few spots, that's when you trade for, you know, a couple guys. You can, you can just pick up steals like that if you have some willing trade partners in that league. So, you know, I wouldn't worry about it yet. Don't make these trades yet. Make these trades in September when you're so far down and you're within, you know, 20, 30 steals of taking six spots up on Roto and making those points. Then you make the trades. Right now, see what you got. You know, there are a lot, there's a lot of potential, I think, for some steals in here. Do you ever do a preseason trade? Oh, yeah. I did a trade once in Tau Wars with a, a three-way trade with uh, David Gonis and Eric Mack right after Tau Wars on the train back from, from City Field. <laughs> and we, uh, I, I think I had three closers, and I traded one of them to Gonis, and he traded some to Emac, and I got something back. And it was a disaster. All three teams were a disaster. But, on the seven train? It actually was on the seven train, yeah. Of course it was. I hate to sound like a stereotype. Yeah, we were on the seven train going back to New York. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's only a stereotype if you're John Rocker. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Al, this, uh, this last question. All right. Start out for you, and then Nando can weigh in. But this is a nerd question. Jason is nerding it out. What, what, do, you, what do you say? Yeah. Are you saying I'm not a nerd? <laughs> uh, I'm saying that there's a lot of babip in here, and that's usually, <laughs> you know, Michael Herkham on our staff, he calls Al old, dirty babip. So... <laughs> This one goes to you. Uh, it's about his Drupal Cabrera. And Jason says, you and all your colleagues doubt his Drupal Cabrera, and for good reason. But every year a guy comes out of nowhere and ends up sticking around as a stud, Bautista and Zobris, to name a few. I'm usually the skeptic, but this year I'm going to be a believer. I've heard slash read a lot of peripheral stats being given for reason to, as a step back, but I don't, uh, okay, anyway. Um, he's... He throws out some of his Drupal Cabrera stats, compares as Drupal in 2011 to uh, 2007, Tulowitzki and 2007, Hanley, an increase in fly ball rate um, amongst those BABIP. Yeah, other things that I'll let <laughs> Al explore. Yeah, there's a, just a ton of data here. This is some good research. But, you know, what I take is he's making the comp that, you know, as Drupal could be the next Hanley or the next Tulo. And yet there's two piece, pieces of data here that it gives me that I feel like support my skepticism. Okay. And one is that he's got the lower BABIP than the other two, you know, in these, these you know, supposed breakout years. And, um, and, then he says, you know, career baby up of 323. So basically, I mean, he was Cabrera wasn't unlucky last year. He wasn't way off of his norm. It wasn't like he had a, a high line drive rate or anything like that. So he just may not be as good of a hitter when he puts the ball in play as Tulo or uh, or Hanley. And then he says, and he of of um, Cabrera's 25 home runs, 15 were categorized as just enough. I'm assuming he got that off of the, the ESPN Hit Tracker site. They're the ones who categorize that. And when he compares against Hanley and Tulo, again, those two had very few cheap shot home runs. Mm -hmm. So those are the exact two reasons why I'm skeptical of Cabrera this year. And um, so that, in other ways, he matches up with those two guys, and that's very impressive. But in these two really important ways, he falls short. He thinks nagging injuries to his ankle, knee, back, and wrist affected his BABIP and average. Uh, and that's why he believes in his Drupal Cabrera. Could you buy that argument? Uh, well, again, he compares it against the, the career norm, which was only 21 points higher, which is not really a, a huge difference. So, his no, BABIP or his average? The, the BABIP, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm you know... His numbers were depressed before because of, of injuries, and you know, but I don't think he had to go as far as he went last year, um, you know, just because of health. I know that wasn't very clearly stated, but now I'm just not buying into it completely. That was clearly stated. Uh, <laughs> slightly less nerdy, Nando. Your thoughts on his Drupal Cabrera and well, all this data? I, I, you know, I, I don't think his Drupal Cabrera is, is on an upward plane. I, I think 
you know, he, he's not going to repeat at all what he did last year, but it'll, it'll definitely, I think, be close. My problem with the comparisons here are that, you know, Cabrera played three. I understand the ankle, knee, and back, and wrist, the injury thing, but Hanley and Tula were always on that path to hitting a lot of home runs, I think, and to being superstars. And Cabrera, we had seen with kind of depressed numbers for a few years. It's, I think the better comparison would be, uh, again, like Brian Roberts, Aaron Hill, when they just popped out, you know, Hill in 09 with the 36 home runs, essentially out of nowhere, Roberts in 05 with the, I think he hit 15 after, you know, hit like four or five the year before. I think that's the more apt comparison here where uh, it just came out of nowhere. You know, obviously Roberts was able to kind of plateau, go down a few the next year and be, you know, a decent 12 homer guy with also injuries and stuff. And and Aaron Hill, you know, he's not going to hit 36 again, but you can count on him for like 20. Okay. I think that's the more the more apt comparison. I like that Brian Roberts comparison. That's I think that's perfect. And um, and there's nothing wrong. I mean, Roberts was an elite second baseman for several years. Yeah, and consistent. So, but we don't think that Estrubal Cabrera is going to be an elite shortstop. Uh no, because you got three guys who are so yeah. you know much above and beyond everybody else. But yeah, he could settle in as the number four or five guy. Can I pull an Adam here? Yeah. Would you rather have him or Derek Jeter on your team right now? <laughs> oh, like non-fantasy? or <laughs> well, No, on, on, the, on his team that he actually has where he hates Jeter. Oh, okay. Would you rather have uh, Cabrera or would you rather have Jeter? Oh, I would rather have Cabrera. Right. I mean, easily. Yeah. Well, I keep posing the question. I posed it on Twitter and in the, in the chat last night, in the podcasting chat, better career, uh, Ichiro or Jeter? Oh. Yeah, I mean, top of mind, it's too too close to call. I'd, have, so to, I'd have to have to dig in and find some the way great, to separate them. It's you know, I know we're going to play the rings argument. with I was going to say that, yeah, um, and maybe that would wind up being a tiebreaker. Although I, I hate to do it that way because it's not Ichiro's fault that yeah, you know, he didn't play for a team that put the talent around him. That uh, oh, Al, come on, they won 116 games. They did. They won, okay, but not a sustained. Who, and yeah, they, they, lost they don't who? have the Yankees. Uh, you know, consistency every year. They kind of right. Yeah, yeah. I think if Ichiro had started his career here, he he probably would have had a better career. But Jeter will have better major league numbers, obviously, because more seasons. Uh, but it's a close one. If anybody wants to weigh in, you know the email address: fantasybaseball@cbsinteractive.com. And we really would love some podcast suggestions. Um, so fire away and and help us help you and help us make our show a little bit better. And thank you for letting me go all Jerry Maguire there. Um, <laughs> I, I just got to say, I, I, I feel good about my podcast league team. I'm going to probably lose week one with my Morse and my Wright and my Corey Hart situation. Chase Utley's on a white stallion <laughs> galloping in to save your team, though. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Or Lorenzo Cade might be occupying that. But I feel good about it. <laughs> And I look forward to talking trash with you guys for the rest of the season. So for Al Melchior and Nando DeFino, I'm Adam Azer. We're back tomorrow. See you, everyone.